God is accomplishing his purposes and he's doing so even though the darkness resists him and the darkness is a, takes its form and, and takes various forms in this world. But the darkness resists, but God succeeds in his purposes. And here's another amazing piece to the picture. Um, he uses you and me. Amen. Um, if, if, if you're not amazed by that, just take a look at the people next to you and just think about that for a moment. You know, wow, God actually uses you and uses me. It's an amazing thing. I want you to turn to Job. This may uh, strike you as a little odd, but perhaps by the time we're done, it won't be odd. Turn to Job. It's on uh, page 648, if you're using one of our Bibles. Chapter 42. This comes at the very end of this uh, very long book in the scriptures in which one of the fundamental troubling questions about our existence on this earth is raised and dealt with and that is the the uh, fact that there is suffering in this world and that suffering comes to the righteous as well as the unrighteous why is there suffering what is God doing uh, through the suffering that's in the world Job himself suffered tremendously and there were some quote-unquote friends of his that came to his life and much of the book of Job is this discussion between the friends and Job and they have their ideas about why it is he's suffering and Job is saying no 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 you're wrong in, in, in one the basic thing that the friends were saying was that the reason you're suffering is because you've sinned against God so there must be some problem there with you and Job is defending himself and saying no I, I, there isn't anything like that and it gets to the end of the book and then God appears in a whirlwind to Job and reveals more of himself to Job and it's very interesting that that as Job is wrestling with the injustice and the difficulty and the suffering that's come into his, into his life, God does not answer him outright why, why he did that. Instead, he shows more of himself to Job. And in showing more of himself to Job, the, um, the urgency of knowing the answers starts to fade away because he's seen God for who God is. And he... Um, he comes to two realizations and then he has three responses of himself to the, what God reveals to him. And that's the way I'm going to organize my thoughts this morning. He, two realizations and three responses. But let me read the first six verses of chapter 42. It says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. I love that verse. Amen? I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. And then he quotes God speaking to him. He says, who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? God had already, in essence, said that to him. And now Job's words again. Therefore, I have declared that which I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear now, and I will speak. I will ask you, and you instruct me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I retract, and I repent 
in dust and ashes. In verse 2, uh, we see two realizations that Job came to. And the first realization is that God is able to do what he wants. Amen? God is able to do what he wants. Look at that first line of verse 2. I know that you can do all things. Um, sometimes it's interesting in our Bible study, even when you're reading your Bible by yourself, that you can take a piece of scripture that, that strikes you and then reread it and emphasize each time each particular word. Let's think about that for a minute. Think, what is it that Job has come to the realization of? It is that, that you can do all things. Amen? You can do all things. Or you can do all things. Or you can do all things. Amen? God isn't just sitting back watching. He's doing. Or you can do all things. Amen? There should be some amens coming here. I'm getting... (laughs) I don't have a pulpit here. We've been singing. So let's go. Let's go here. Or I know that you can do all things. So you see, God, amen. God is working. And, and, but what, what Job is realizing, even in his suffering, is that God, he's realizing something about God. That God can do whatever he wants. He is actually able to do what he wants. You and I cannot say that about ourselves, right? There are many things that I would like to do, but I can't do for one reason or another. Either I myself don't have the ability or there's something else out there that's stopping me from doing what I, I might think I can, but something else has a stronger ability to keep me from accomplishing what I want to accomplish. But it is said of God in his word that he is able to do what he wants. Nothing prevents him from doing what he wants, he actually wants to do. And again, this is not said in the scripture about any other entity. This isn't true about Satan. This isn't true about the angels. This isn't true about us. But it is true about God. He's able to do what he wants. And then the second realization comes right on its heels. It's in the second line there of verse 2. And it says, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. That which God purposes to do, he will do. He will succeed in doing. This has to do with his worldwide plan and his plan right where we live. Let's take those one at a time. Much of what the images we've seen on the screen today have reminded us of the worldwide plan of God. And God is working around the world. And he's purposed to save, to redeem people of every tribe and tongue and people and nation all around the world. Amen? And he's working to, to that end, and he's, he is accomplishing it. We can look around the world, and, and people have done this, and, and we have lists of all the people groups in the world, and then we, have a li- we can check off the ones that have the gospel and the ones that don't. And do you know that, that the, the list of those that 
people are bringing the gospel to is getting greater and greater. Amen? And the list of the people groups in the world that don't yet have the gospel is getting smaller and smaller. God's God's purposes will not be thwarted. And who knows, maybe you and I, if we keep at this task, and if it's God's will, we may live to see the day when every tribe and tongue and people and nation has the gospel witness in it and a church of its own in it. Amen? And then what will happen? Hey, let's hang on and find out. Let me read you some words, though, uh, of Abia Tozer. He spoke about, he was commenting about how appeals go out to people to get involved in the mission and work of God. Listen to what he says. He says, we commonly represent God as a busy, eager, somewhat frustrated father hurrying about seeking help to carry out his benevolent plan to bring peace and salvation to the world. Too many missionary appeals are based upon this fancied frustration of Almighty God. An effective speaker can easily excite pity in his hearers, not only for the heathen, but for God, the God who has tried so hard and so long to save them, the heathen, and has failed for want of support. I fear that thousands of young persons entering Christian service Enter Christian service from no higher motive than to help deliver God from the embarrassing situation his love has gotten him into and his limited abilities seem unable to get him out of. Is that your God? That's not my God. And that's not the God of this book. And from the depth of suffering, God taught Job this lesson. He said, Job, I can do whatever I want and no purpose of mine will be thwarted. Amen. We get involved in the cause of bringing the gospel around the world, not to help God out, but because God in his grace and, the, and, the, and it's a wonderful mystery. He just says, hey, I want to use you. We get to be a part of this. Amen. We get to be a part of this. Some, for some, God taps them on the shoulder and says, I want you to go. I want you to go. And perhaps this morning, uh, I don't know what God's doing in your life and your heart. Maybe God's been already whispering to you and nudging you that, that he wants a change of direction in your life. And he, he wants you. You don't necessarily know where yet, but he wants you somewhere. Listen to him. And don't follow him because he needs your help. Follow him because he's, you get to be a part of what he's doing. But for others, you know, for others, uh, we're, this is Mother's Day, right? There's moms and there's dads who are watching God tap their child's shoulder. And a lump comes into their throat. And a little fear grips them and say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Where's my child going to end up? Well, mom and dad, let them go. Amen? And count it a privilege that God's touched one of your children for that plan. Don't hold them back. Let them go. I thank God that that, um, when God touched us to move us to Tanzania... Even though I know, I could tell in my mother's eyes 
There was worry and concern. She never spoke a word to discourage me from following God's call. And so should it be for all of us. But you know, for, for others of us, then it's not, it's not just the going or the letting the loved one go, but, but, but we get to dig down in our pockets and we give, and then we, we, um, we expend energy in praying for people. And in all of this, we get to be a part of the worldwide purpose of God that will not be thwarted. And it is a great privilege. And when we get to see the Lord, we are not going to regret one hour we spent in prayer for missionaries and for the lost. We're not going to regret one dollar that we gave to that cause. And we're not going to regret letting go of our loved ones or even going ourselves. We're not going to regret it, are we? Not a bit. But it's not just the worldwide mission of God, but it's, it's our present place where we are here. Do you believe that the purposes of God, think of it this way, do you believe that the purposes of God for the Lehigh Valley are complete? Do you? I don't. And perhaps, perhaps we've um, emphasized missions so much that we might even seem, it might even seem that to ask that question is strange. What? God has a purpose for the Lehigh Valley? God has a purpose for the Lehigh Valley. And we are a part of that purpose, for we live here and we are His. Amen? And He has a purpose for you right where you are. And in the calling that is on your life, the job that you have, the role that you play in your life. Listen to Colossians 3, 23 and 24. He says, Whatever you do, whatever you do, do your work heartily, as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. In your role as a mom, in your role as a dad, in, in the workplace where you find yourself, that work that you're doing, you do it not as unto men, not just to serve the boss, but to serve the Lord. And there's, I confess, I don't understand it completely here. I haven't gotten to the place where I understand it all. But he says, you, you do this heartily knowing, it says, that from the Lord you'll receive the reward of the inheritance. In other words, there are eternal consequences to your work and how you go about your everyday work in the Lehigh Valley. Fulfilling your role where you find yourself at this stage of life and the relationships around you. How you live all of that has eternal significance. It's not just the missionary that goes to the Ndangareko. It's you living in the, in the Lehigh Valley right where you are. And it all counts. And God is working his purposes on this earth. And so we're to enter into where we find ourselves. It says heartily. We do our work heartily for the Lord. Because right there I am serving the Lord Christ. And God is going to accomplish his purposes. Nothing will thwart his purposes, even here in the Lehigh Valley. Not Satan, not the powers of nature, not chance, not people. Nothing will thwart him. For the word of God says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. 
Now, in essence, we've already spoken about the first response. It's interesting. If you look there again at uh, Job 42, Job is saying three things about himself, three responses of himself. In verse 2, he says, I know. And so there's a realization there. And then in verse 6, he says, therefore, I retract and I repent. And so the response of Job to God is threefold. He's saying, I know or I realize and I retract and I repent. Those three. Well, we've already talked about what he knows and has come to realize. But uh, in in. Quickly, though, I just want to say one more thing there, and that is that when we reflect upon God as the one who can do all things and as the one uh, who will not be thwarted in any of his purposes, we can relax a little bit and stop worrying. Amen? Anybody here know how to worry? I'm real good at it. And then I come to my senses and realize, why am I worrying? God, God is real and alive and his purposes are going forward. I'm surrendered to him and I, I can trust him. So let's stop that. But then this thing, this second response where he says, I retract. Interesting word there. In some of your translations, it may say, I despise myself. It's not really a re- that he's retracting away from God. He's in a sense retracting from his own, his previous opinion about himself. Even though in this story, Job is the good guy. The other guys are the bad guys, and Job is the good guy. When he gets to the end, God reproves Job because even though he's the good guy, he's still got some things wrong. And one of the things wrong was, is that in a response to his friends who were wrong, he thought that he was right too much. He still didn't get it. And God corrected him and showed him and said, you going to instruct me? Tell me. Tell me, Job. And Job says, I retract. I give up the falsehood that I am able enough and smart enough to live right. Have you ever come to that place in your own life? And sometimes we have to be reminded to come to that again and again. I'm not smart enough and I'm not able enough on my own to live right. That's a good place to be. It's called humility. And we humble ourselves before God and say, I retract. And then he says in verse 6 again, I repent. There are attitudes and actions that need to be discarded. There's attitudes and actions that need to be adopted into our life. To repent means to turn around. It means to stop doing wrong and start doing right. And I'd just like to end with this thought. As we've thought about the theme of the, the songs that have stirred our hearts this morning. And we thought about the fact that God can do all things and he's going to accomplish. He is accomplishing his purposes on this earth. Do we need to repent of hearts that are not concerned for the people right here in the Lehigh Valley? Do we need to repent of hearts that we're, we're just busy doing our own thing and all day long and all week long we live next to and pass people who don't know Jesus Christ and we're not really, if we were honest with ourselves, we're just not that concerned about it. Job says, I, I realize, I retract, and I repent. 
I repent. And God restored Job and used him to restore his friends. And God's purposes keep going forward. Let's pray. Father, we worship you as the one who can do all things. No one else can do that, Lord, but you can. And your purposes will not be thwarted. And we praise you, O Lord, for that. We realize we retract. We repent before you. In Jesus' name, amen.